Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Lord, we give you thanks for this morning. We thank you for your love, your kindness, your goodness in our lives. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to be in your house, to be in your presence, to be among your people, your saints, Father. We ask that you will speak your word clearly this morning, this concept of family and what the family is. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the weekly services and, and last Sunday was a powerful word. If you missed it, our pastor was able to speak on becoming a servant slave doulos in the lord and the word uh doulos means slave and that was such a powerful word that our pastor spoke because you know if you're committed to the lord and how god has called us to be slaves of jesus christ you no longer do what you want to do but what jesus wants you to do so if we can go to galatians chapter 2 verse 20 and we're going to read that and it talks about how we've been crucified with christ and it's no longer we who live but christ that lives in us it's no longer i who live but christ that lives in me in other words we are called to die for jesus and put away the the worldly holy trinity who knows what the worldly trinity is All right, i'll start off with the first word me myself and i right that's why a lot of families fail that's why a lot of uh christians uh fall off to the wayside because they're only looking out for their own interests and in order to have a successful family you must come to the understanding that it's a life of service it's becoming a slave of jesus christ it's no longer doing what you want but it's doing what jesus wants and that is the the, the key right there this morning if i can just get a nail and hit it over the head that is what it's all about right there but in order to come to that understanding it requires something it requires a full surrender. It requires a heart that is just going to say, hey, all right, Lord, I'm going to draw near to you so you can draw near to me. So if you're new and you're still trying to understand how to do that, it just comes with a simple mindset and making a decision to say, Lord, show me that you're real. I want to taste and see that you're good. I want to know that by just giving my whole trust to you, not saying, okay, wait a second, Lord. Now, I see the direction you're taking me in, and this just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, I don't understand what the, how I'm going to be able to do that. If, if I do that, this might happen, or there might be a consequence for that. And the Lord is saying, listen, trust me. It's a, it's, it's, this is a walk of faith. We don't walk this walk by sight. We, uh, this is not a, a, a walk that we walk seeing that that chair that you're sitting on right now is going to hold you. What if a leg breaks and you fall? So it's by faith that you're sitting in that chair, right? It's being sure of what you can't see, but yet the things hope for, Hebrews chapter 11. So this is a walk of faith. It's not easy. But once you come under that umbrella, once you come into that understanding of faith and surrendering your whole heart to the Lord and not doing what you want to do, but what Christ wants to do in you, you're able to say, okay, I want more of that. You know, I tasted that piece of pizza from the big cheese and it is delicious and I want another slice. 
I would have never known that that pizza was good unless I tasted it in the first place. Why would have never known that Jesus was going to take me from glory to glory unless I surrendered my heart in the first place. Some of us are still hanging on. Some of us are still saying, wait a second, I'm not sure if I want to give it all. I still have these areas that if I give, I don't know, my time, my treasure, my time. If I give, then what's going to happen? I'm going to get left dry. I need to save for a rainy day. I need to, like, preserve this relationship because just in case, just in case if the Lord fails me, the Bible says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So the verse, the Bible is a powerful tool. It's the word of life. It's the word of God. Amen. And so this is what is expected for us in order to have a successful marriage and family. It's that very verse right there. To live for Jesus Christ and not for ourselves. To lay down our lives for one another. Let's see in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. And so these are the very words um, in the Bible. And by this we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. That means laying down our lives for one another. So see, it first starts in the home. It starts in the family. It starts with your marriage. Your first, for the men, say first disciple, which is your wife. That's your first sheep, the one that you're entrusted care to garden, to be a gardener, to be the husband, the husbande, to take care of your wife. That's your first responsibility. That is a huge responsibility because her very well-being is in the hand of the husband because the husband's trust is in the Lord. And we're going to see that order in just a second. But what is this concept of family and what does family mean? So I looked up the word family, not for the first time, but this is what it means. A group of individuals living under one roof and usually under one head. That's what it says in Mr. Webster, right? So it's important to know that God created family. And the first family, we found, it's found in the Bible, which is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. God created the first family. So we're thinking, who invented marriage? How is this whole thing with man and woman coming together, getting married, and then having kids? Where did that come from? Did we just come up with that ourselves? No. This is what it says. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And all the men said, thank God. All right. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And I like that word comparable because, man, I see the couples here in this place. And some of these couples complement each other so well that it's incredible. When Javi met Francis, tell me Javi and Francis aren't the perfect match. Come on. Isn't that awesome? I know me. Uh, you know, the Lord knew I needed to marry a teacher. Because my grammar is horrible, and I can't spell. <laughs> so, babe, how do you spell that? And I get confused. with Sometimes I lose my way. You know what I mean? So I need, I needed, the Lord knew what I needed. He brought me Suleika, my perfect helper, right? And so comparable to him. So that's the first in institution of marriage that was created by God. And we just love that. Because from there, we can just build on all the rest. Then it goes on further to say to be fruitful and multiply, to have children. And that is the family. So what we teach, what we say is, okay, a lot of people, I can't wait to have my family. I can't wait to have kids. Oh, my gosh. Oh, for, all the single, for all the single ladies and all the single men, um, you're wondering, when is God going to bring me my 
comparable. When you're in that collegiate age and you're waiting on the Lord for God's promises, or even before then, you're wondering, I wonder what my husband's going to look like. I wonder where he is. Did you ever, if you were a Christian before, and even if, maybe if you're not, you're thinking, could they be in another country? Could they be my next door neighbor? Could they be in this very house, right? You don't know because God, he'll bring it when he wants to bring it and from wherever he wants to bring it. Or like Julie, John Davis from California. You never know. What's up, John? <laughs> so um, comparable to him. And we see that first institution of marriage. And so it's important to know that God created marriage. Let's see God's order in marriage. If we can go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. That's in the beginning of the Bible. Um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So the first thing that the man is called to is not to love his career. It's not to be called to love his um 1957 Chevy that he bought in an auction and he has it in the garage with a cover and he waxes it every week and don't touch my baby and I got it on you know a great deal we all have our priorities we all have where our hearts desires are but this is how God has established his order like it said the definition of family um, a group of individuals living under one roof and usually under one head well Hopefully that head is Christ. And after Christ, who is it? Let's see here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. So first, it's, it's the man, the man of God, the husband, um, trusting in the Lord and loving the Lord above all things. And then second, it's your wife. That's your first disciple after God. It's husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, we can preach all morning on that topic, but we don't have time. But that's the second order. That's second. Third, Proverbs 22.6. Third, um, our children in the Bible puts emphasis on training up our children in the way of the Lord. Train up a child in the way of, he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So that's third on the list. So I'm giving you the divine order of God according to Scripture. A lot of people get confused and they're like my kids come first if you can just forgive me for a minute i'm gonna say it in spanish it has more punch mis hijos vienen primero nobody's gonna get before my kids and they put their children before they put their spouse that's out of order because if it wasn't for your spouse you wouldn't have your children if god would have never given you your husband or your wife in the first place you would have never had those kids to begin with so God gives you these children. You're fruitful. You've multiplied. Lord, I fulfilled your commandment, and I had fun doing it. Amen? Because God created that, created sex for marriage. Intimacy was created for marriage in the Lord. And it's a beautiful thing, but in the Lord, in marriage. So once you have these children, you have a responsibility. And what is that? Train them up in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And we take that very serious here in this house. And, um, and finally, we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, ultimately, God has established a divine order to have a blessed family. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 
11. That's a good verse too, but let's go to 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, there we go. But I want you to know that the head of every man, this is the order what I just explained to you, but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. So that's the order right there according to Scripture, and we must follow it. Now, the, this is very interesting. And when I heard this and I saw this, I'm like, no way. This, is, I, this I did not know until I studied it yesterday. It says, the origin of the word family comes from the Latin word famulas, which means servant. Let me say that again. I could, <laughs> that's, listen, the origin of the word family comes from the Latin word famulas, which means servant. So the word family means to be a servant. And so if we would just grab that, we can all go home right there. If we can just grab that concept, servant, and that's what family means. That means to serve one another. That means brothers and sisters, your siblings, your, oh, your lovely siblings. When you're eating a piece of something and your little older brother or sister come up to you and go, can I have a piece? You're like, no, man, get your own. Oh, man, serve. Give them a bite. Why not? That's hard. You would like to share, right? No, but that was the last madta in the fridge. I'm not giving it up. I called it. I had dibs on that drink, you, and you drank it. And then there becomes, and then, you know, us parents are like, guys, knock it off. Yeah, but he drank my madta. And it becomes this battle. Serve. Right there, we want to serve here. And that's a good thing. A lot of the guys serve here in the house of God, and this is the family, and we ought to serve. But, man, do you know that your first ministry is your home? It starts in the family. If you guys can't get along with each other within the house that God has given you with your siblings, with your immediate family, how do you think you're going to change the world? A lot of people like to serve when others are looking so they could say, wow, what an awesome servant. And we congratulate you, and we're proud, and we're happy, and we're thankful. Don't get me wrong. But it's important, and I know that the parents talk to me and I have kids I know what's going on so it's hard to serve one another or even husbands to wives and wives to husbands it's tough and we taught we have a famous thing called the cookie factor and I'm just gonna say that really quick um I think we have the time to do that um so the cookie factor I teach I teach the marriage uh, the marriage couples if you're in this room and you've taken the premarital counseling with us raise your hands really quick a couple, a couple. So like five or six of them here throughout the years. Okay. So the cookie factor is I teach this. And this is how to be selfless because marriage is a selfless act. For those of you who are married, say amen. Okay. So mama bake some cookies. White chocolate macadamia nut cookies with some milk. And if you're hungry and you haven't had breakfast, I'm sorry. All right. So she bakes some cookies, you're sitting on the couch watching some TV, and you wolf them down, you and your wife, and there's two cookies left on that plate. So the first cookie is nice and plumpy and delicious, and boy, it looks out of a magazine, right? And then the second cookie kind of got away. Burnt, crisp, doesn't look very attractive. You're like, ugh. And so you pause the movie or, you know, say, hang on a sec, and you're watching a movie, and you say, and both of you still want more. And one of you say, hey, the one that got up to use the restroom says, hey, save me one. I'll be right back. And both of you want more. So the one that stayed behind saw those two cookies, and they're like, hmm, 
Which one do I save for my spouse and which one do I take down myself? Did they even notice that one of them was crispy? Or did they notice that one of them looked great and the other one looked not having it? Which one would you eat and which one would you save for your spouse? Only you know that answer. Don't say it out loud. You might start a problem. So serving one another in the Lord. Coming from the roots of your heart. Serving one another in Jesus. That is what it's all about. So the, and, and this is very important to know, but I can't help to go back to my initial verse, which I started with today. Let's just see it one more time. Galatians 2.20. And it says that we no longer do what we want to do. And we don't longer live, but Christ lives in us. And that's what, in order to be able to accomplish, to serve your spouse or to serve your family or for siblings to serve one another... If you're able to do that at home, trust me when I tell you, you're going to be a champion out there in the real world. You're going to be a servant to your boss. You're going to be able to be a doulos, a slave to Jesus. And once you're able to come up under that understanding, right, which our pastor shared that last Sunday, once you're able to come up under that understanding, then you're going to slam dunk it in every other area of your life because you're surrendered. You're near now being instructed and guided by the lord and that just makes things easier let's see galatians 5 13 in order to have a successful marriage it starts first with having christ in the center of it and when i say marriage guys listen to me really quick it's not about a marriage this is not a marriage teaching or a preaching this is about family today and so me and suleika say that once the husband um, is favored with a wife a family is born there's a family. Well, we're not going to have a family until we have kids. No. If there's a husband and there's a wife, that's called the family. So I always tell couples when they get married, hey, guys, when you have your first Christmas, go out, get your tree, put your lights on, enjoy your celebration. You are now a family. You started your family. And then when you have children, it'll be a whole other thing. Um, joyful thing but there already is a family in the house so when I say a successful marriage it starts first with having Christ in the center I also mean family serving one another me and Suleika always say but don't go into marriage expecting what the other person is going to do for you but what you're going to do for them whether the other person is doing it or not why because it's what the Lord wants we see that in first John chapter 3 verse 16 to love one another, to lay down your life for the other person. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We're saying some of the verses more than once, but it's important that you guys get this concept of service. If you don't have that understanding, you're not going to be able to understand the family. And that's what I'm trying to impart to you today. Here I have my family unit that God gave me, and now we're going to start to have a little bit of fun with today's message. Um... Here I have my family unit that God gave me and that um, I have decided to serve and provide for. So I want to start off by putting the first slide, the first picture, if it's ready, of my personal family. And so that family there is the family that God has entrusted me with. And, um, you know, there's, there's different seasons, and we decided not to put baby pictures. We just went through these quick. Um, and I, I don't want to bore you guys with us, but I'm trying to bring the message home by telling you guys 
this is your immediate family. This is the family that God has entrusted you with. You got skiing trips. Look how little. Skiing trips, Christmases, gatherings, all kinds of things, vacations, seasons. You're doing life together. You're living this life together. You're, you're, you're growing up together. You, you, you're day in, day out, spending all this time um, with your family. You have the husband, wife, son, daughter. Um, and in order to have that family that God has entrusted you, in order to have a successful family, in order to put up with one another, in order to not bail out when things get rough, right, you have to come to that understanding of becoming a doulas, a slave, which is what our pastor was talking about last Sunday. And so for some of you who may have missed it, I know multimedia is popular. Everybody watches it, videos, Instagram, this and the other thing. But if in case you missed it, I, um, we have a few engagements that have taken place here in this house. The men that have stepped up and said, this is a wife that God has, is going to entrust me with. I want to do things right. I want to take responsibility of getting married. So if we can put the video of Mark Natero proposing to Andrea one more time. I want to show this to the church again because the way he did it was very public. It was transparent. And that's what we're all about. If you're going to man up and take on that type of responsibility, then you go public, right? You are unfiltered. You're like, I'm going to bring it right now. Here it is. I'm going for it. I'm going to hit a home run, and I'm going to take this down. So if that video is ready, let's see it. You know, that's called the champion. Somebody that's able to come up there and do that. So the, you know, Miami International Airport. It was in, in Miami, am I? Fort Lauderdale, okay. Public, people probably freaking out. Who, is, who are all these people? You had family members, parents, church family. It was just public. It was such an amazing event. Um, and when Mark first came up to me and Kenny, or first to me and then Pastor Kenny, hey, Joey, I think I'm ready. I want others. And what's required and how can I do? He was in the loop with us throughout. We gave him the thumbs up finally. And he was like, <sighs> and then he was able to like, yes. And he went forward. He did what he needed to do. But it, there was peace. There was understanding. And he took that responsibility. So I told him, Mark, now gird your loins. Get prepared to face the challenges of taking on the responsibility of a wife, knowing that she's going to trust you, she's going to trust your decisions. This is no child. This is not kitty play now. This is the big boys now, okay? So are you ready? And I put a little fear into these guys. But I've known Mark for a long time, and you'll see some pictures later on when Mark was just that big when we met him. Now he's a grown man, responsible, ready to take on the challenges of a champion, of a husband, of a man of God. So we also have Marcos and Michi that have been engaged as well. Marcos, are you back there? I'm not going to make him talk. Tell him don't worry. Marcos is not a public speaking guy, but he serves in his way back there. And we thank God for Marcos. But like, like um, ask him really quick, how old was he when he first came here? Twelve. So how old is he now? Twenty. 29. So I would say that Marcos has our DNA. 
Um, he has the training. He has the goods. He knows um, what the teachings of what it means. He's seen the examples. So has Mark. Um, do we have that video ready of Marcos or not yet? Did that email come in? Yes? All right, let's see Marcos' engagement. Having some fun this morning. Watch this. Those aren't tears of, of oh, my gosh, what now? Those are tears of joy, okay? <laughs> so these guys, you know, are doing it right. You heard the background. Public, friends, I want everybody to be a part of this. And they all came, and he did the proposal. Um, so that's what we're training here. And, and, and in order for us to be able to turn over one of our treasures in this house to a spouse, a mate, um, our pastor was teaching, I love what he taught in Genesis 24 on Wednesday about preparing our youth, about preparing and training our kids. You know what it's called? Parents say with me, parenting. And sometimes, yes, it does require effort. It does require, if I told you once, I've told you a thousand times to take out the trash. So, yeah, it requires effort. It requires training up your children in the way of the Lord. But just to give you a quick recap of what was spoken on Wednesday, we, we learned that Abraham is looking for a wife for Isaac, for his son. So he chooses his most, most faithful servant to find her. And he tells him that he has to go find her in Abraham's country from Abraham's family. Isn't that interesting? Abraham saying, hey, listen. Go find my son Isaac a wife, but make sure it's part of the same hood. Make sure it's part of the same people. Don't go grab somebody from out in left field that we don't know anything about. Or it has to be same language, same DNA, right? So that was, that was interesting. So then there's a big conversation that takes place between Abraham and the servant. Basically, the servant was concerned that he may not find a wife for Isaac, but Abraham the father knew that God had promised him that he would find a wife for his son there. So the servant then took 10 camels with him and stopped by the city and then prayed and asked God to use this as a sign to show him who the wife was going to be. And then Rebecca said the same thing, which was drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. So the sign was is that she said the same thing. And that's how the servant knew that that was the future wife for Isaac, which was Rebecca. I just gave you a quick summary of what was learned on Wednesday. So that is so important to know that if we're going to do this, if we're going to um, bring our, if we're going to find the right spouse for our children, um, then we need to be prepared. We need to pray. We need to know what God's going to bring. It can't just be any. I love what our pastor shared on Wednesday. Um, you know, with that whole concept. And I say again, I said I was going to repeat in Proverbs 22.6. This requires very hard work and effort being, to be a parent, being selfless, a slave, a doulas again, right? Um, so that you think, don't think for one minute that we're going to hand our children over in marriage to someone that is not in love with Jesus Christ or that doesn't have the same DNA. Because after you've put in all that time, after you've put in all that effort, after training up Mark since he was 12 years old and then Michi came around um, years later, that's not going to just, oh, go ahead and marry. No, we need to know 
that we're going to hand our children off, our treasures off to someone that's solid. Someone that loves Jesus more than they love themselves. Someone that cares about serving the Lord. Amen. These are our treasures we're talking about here. This is not going to just be given off to some fly by night. I love when Eric Natero, another um, child from this house, grew up in this house since a very young age. And then, um, you know, he was praying. And he was like, Lord, when am I going to get married? Mark was ready to get married when he was 15 years old. I mean, Eric. Sorry, Mark. Um, they're brothers, so I get, you know, confused. But um, Eric, very responsible young man since little kid, always studying. Everybody would be out, going to the beach. Carl, you remember Eric? Just a, a, we would call him the little big man. You know, this guy was just always serious and studying and focused in his work and saving money and allowances and, you know, just amazing. I'm like, man, this guy's going to get married when he's like 19. But no, God waited. He brought Diana out of nowhere. And I'm like, who is this Diana? I don't know. You know, we, we give these guys a run. We're like, hey, wait a second. Who is Diana? I don't know who Diana. When we met Diana. We knew immediately. Let the spirit bear witness, right? When we met Diana, we fell in love with Diana from the first moment we met her. Just by the fact that she called Eric Natera. Hey, Natera. We knew she was family. That was it. She was part of the crew. And we brought her in. She became part of the family. And, man, what a blessing that marriage has been to so many, right? Eric, yesterday my son um, started high school a few weeks ago, and he plays baseball. So he had his first two games yesterday, and Eric shows up to the game by himself, sits on the bleachers, and just is there watching the game because he heard Joseph had a game. You know, I know Eric, why he did that. You know why Eric did that? Because they did it for him. Because we cared about Eric when he was a young man. Because we went to his games because we took him shopping, because we burped him when he needed to be burped, because we spanked him when he needed to be spanked, because we loved him when he needed to be loved, because we put a Band-Aid on his knee when he got his knee scraped. That's why Eric was there in the hot. It was hot, man. That field, we were like, whew, boy, if I wasn't a parent, I wouldn't be here. But we enjoyed it. It was good. He, had, he did a good job. Um, but I'm just saying that Eric has the same thing. So when Diana came around, that was just the match. Look at them over there. They're sitting in the corner. <clears throat> and so, um, you know, we have these treasures that God has entrusted us with. So it's important to marry a woman of God. But to our single sons and daughters, I want to give you a quick word of encouragement and wisdom. Listen carefully attentively if you're in this room you're ready to listen to what i have to tell you for future for whenever god has the promise for you on this is to create the family unfortunately nowadays it isn't enough for a person to tell you i'm a christian it's sad but i have i would have to instruct you or tell you to ask the question what kind of christian are you that's crazy that's that saddens my heart you know but we don't have time to cry, so we have to keep on going. Because to be a representative of Jesus Christ means a lot. So you must go over these different 
just simple topics. First, you must go over what kind of music do you listen to. Worship is so important in a Christian's life. If they're jamming to, guys, this is Sunday. I know that there's a lot of visitors. And if you want, we could sit down after. I don't want to get into this whole thing. But first, you must ask, what kind of music do you listen to? If they're jamming to Booty Shake and God knows what, F-bombs in the music, that's not what we're about here. We're about pleasing the Lord, glorifying Jesus in everything that we do. Serving the Lord with excellence without excuses. That's the vision of this church. And that requires effort. It requires becoming a doulos. And that doesn't just happen. So this is what I'm telling your sons and daughters this morning, parents. Right? Um, sex. Well, I, if we love each other, then who cares if we have sex before we get married? We're going to get married anyway. Well, how many times have we heard that one? Come on. Movies. What type of movies are you watching? I've come to the place a long time ago where I'm not going to pay money to watch a movie as a form of entertainment where husband and wife are having an adulterous affair with each other. That is not entertainment for me. I'd rather save how much are movies now? 12 bucks? And then the popcorn's 50 bucks? <laughs> Listen, save your money and go watch War Room, right? Go watch something that glorifies the Lord. Amen? Um, bad words. I'm a Christian. I go to church every Sunday, but then when you hear them in the street, they cuss like a sailor. F-bombs, S-H, whatever, and all kinds of words. That's not. What is that? We call that carnal Christian, worldly, not connected to the things of God. Those are just big red. These are the obvious things, guys. These are just huge red flags, but you'd be amazed because sometimes, and I've been there, I know, when you're young and you're waiting on God's promise and they say they're a Christian, and guys, you know, you think that God put that woman on this earth for you, but guys, she's an angel. She's so beautiful. And you're thinking opposite of what God wants to do. You have to really see what God wants to do. Res do they respect their parents and authorities? That's a huge scenario right there. Trust me, youth, you want to marry the right person. And who is the right person? One who loves the Lord, Jesus Christ, with all their heart, mind, and strength. That cares about coming to their leaders and their parents and asking, what do you think about this person? And then regarding their counsel and what they think. That matters. You have a father. You have spiritual fathers. You have parents. People that care here in this house. That are willing to lay down their life um, for one another. Family isn't something that God wants us to value. Not, um, uh, you know, something that God wants us to not value. Or to go running out on each other when things get rough or might not agree on something. Nowadays, marriages and divorce, people get divorced for all kinds of stupid reasons. You see those signs in the street. Get divorced for $350 or divorce without war. And people have these problems all the time for reasons like, and then when you sit down with them, Suleika and I in these counseling sessions, their reasons are, well, she's gained weight over the years. She's, she's, she's not, you know, when I met her, and I'm like, have you looked in the mirror? Neither are you, pal. You know, what do you mean? Come on. And so that's a reason for a divorce nowadays. Wait, I got one that's better. Man, he snores at night. He's developed a little bit of a belly. He 
can't breathe as good anymore, and now he snores, and I can't sleep. I'm sick of it. I've had this for 10 years, and now I'm fed up. I want a divorce. Listen, man, you got three children that are grown and married. You've been married for 40 years. What do you mean you want a divorce? Are you crazy? These are the excuses that we've heard. I'm, I'm not lying. I'm telling you that we've heard for reasons of divorce. And people want to just bail out for reasons that make no sense. Well, I have news in family. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have battles. You're going to get angry at each other. You're going to cry together. You're going to laugh together. It's called doing life. And that's what families are. But just because those times get tough and rough doesn't mean you just get up and go and walk out on one another. That's not what family is. And I want to explain to you this morning what family is. So now we have um, this family called a church family. Now that I've gone over with you, the immediate family, a family was born. You saw a couple pictures of us. That's cool. But now you've come to Jesus, and now you have your church family. And the church family, where would we be, Suleika, without our church family? Not here. So I want to put up the first picture, and we're going to go through them of our church family. We're going to have some fun this morning watching these because some of you uh, were younger. <laughs> so that's a church family there. That's a recent picture, I think. Just keep going through them. They're starting on the wrong ones. Yeah, I think those are the last ones, but that's okay. We get the gist. So stop there for a second. Hold on. Does Richard look younger to you guys? And Marcos, I don't have that shirt anymore. Keep going. Look at this one. Okay, so we got the, the brothers. James, is that you? Man, look at Joseph, the, the, the dynamic duel there. Keep going. Keep going. Just keep flipping until I, if I tell you to stop. So here we have family, our church family. Stop. Go back. So Suleika, that's Zoe. Look at Zoe. See that? Always smiling. Jenny with Matthew. They're babies, you know. And now they're running around here um, preaching. Keep going. Stop. So if I'm not mistaken... Help me out here. Okay, so that's Joseph and Tiffany. Tiffany, how cute is that? Um, Melissa, look at Melissa. Aparece una niña. And so we have all these kids grown up in the house of the Lord. Keep going. Look at that. That was a blast. Look at Suleika pregnant with Zoe. Wow. The Hanals, Melissa. Look at Isabel and Joseph. Anita's wedding. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Hey, there they are. Those are the prayer warriors. How many times have these women stayed up at night praying for us? 
Look at the grandmothers right there, the women that have uh, the war room. Stop there. So this is a cruise we decided to take to the Bahamas from one day to the next. <laughs> and so we were on a cruise. We got Christina, Joseph, the brothers, Jose, Maggie. Boy, we had such a good time. We were supposed to go to the West Coast, the Grand Cayman, but there was a storm. So we ended up in Jamaica. Brandon, pastor, you know how pastor is. He doesn't, he's radical, you know. So he's like, okay, we're going to do snorkeling. And he put Brandon in flippers, a snorkel, and a mask in a little boat in the middle of Jamaica at this reef that the current was so strong that I was tired. But Brandon, boy, he jumped in there, toughed it out, dove down, came back up. Dad, I saw something. I was like, man, this kid is awesome. Family, doing life together. Keep going. Keep them coming. Look at Melissa holding uh, Zoe. Look at Annabelle, um, Sassy. Look at this. Okay, stop. Look at look at Mark Natera on the phone there. <laughs> David. We're taking it back. Where is he? You're there. Look at, okay, stop. This is a good one. Richard, you already knew that you wanted it. You know, Richard knew. He was like, I'm going to stand right here and claim it. I'm going to claim my territory. This is my land. I'm not, you know, I'm prophesying. <laughs> So you know how long ago that was. Joseph's in a high chair. And Brian's in a carrier right there. Keep going. Keep, is there more? No? There's another uh, flip. So during this course of family, how many of you know that all these years together, 20 some odd years some of us together 15 10 there's going to be crying laughing there are two groups of families your immediate family and then your church family i've heard some say that blood is thicker than water I keep putting them as i speak blood is thicker than water um, you know, but they're my blood relative and all this stuff. Well, I say that if you have the blood of Jesus, you're in the family. It's all the same at the end of the day because you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. If we can, um, well, we can't go to the verse. But in Matthew 12, 50, don't go to the verse. I'll just say, it says, who are your brothers and sisters? Those who do the will of your father in heaven. That's who your family is. So if you do the will of God, that's who your family is. That's who you do life with together. I'm here to tell you that if you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, we are family. We're to serve Jesus um, without, with, at all costs. You know, it's very unpopular when we tell our children, put Jesus first and this and the other thing. 
when they, you want to get somebody to run away from you like flies, mention the name Jesus. As soon as you start talking about the Lord, people run like flies. They don't want to hear it. They're like, oh, man, here they go again. This is a preacher guy. I don't want to hear it. Da, 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 da. And they get into that mode. What is a family unit supposed to be like? Our families are called to stick together. Families have, have their ups and downs. Families have good times and bad times. That doesn't mean you get up and leave because the wife doesn't look the same or he doesn't like chicken anymore. There's different seasons. Seasons change. People change. Bodies change. It's called growing old together. The kids, after you've changed their diapers, fed them, take them take, have taken them to school, nursed them back to health when they were sick, when they grow up, they want to take off and leave the house without having gotten married. Despise the training. Despise what you've taught them. Despise the parenting. And just all this hard work that we've done over those years, all the growing old together, it's not done in vain. It's to fight for one another. It's to fight for the house. The church family is the same way. We've grown up together. We've done life together. We've had our highs and our lows, the bad and the ugly. A lot of times people have asked me and Suleika, why are you guys always picking up the youth and taking them out and always calling them and going to their games? I will tell you why. Because we honestly, and, and, and maybe some of the parents will tell you if they haven't seen it, is it honestly? Because we love these kids as if they were our own. And we want to train them up in the way of the Lord. I know that's the parent job, but I'm also a parent. I'm a spiritual parent in this house. And I'm going to fight for your kids even though you may not be. And some of you might be, but we'll fight together. Isn't it great to have an extra person fighting with you? I'm blessed to know that Eric will show up to the game and be there for my son. I'm blessed to know that he has other spiritual parents. I'm always encouraging my kids. Go seek counsel from a man of God. Go up to three men of God in this house that you trust and that are leaders and ask them their advice. Get their counsel besides my counsel. And 10 out of 10 times, it's always the same counsel. You know why? Because it's the word of God. It's the instruction of the Lord. Things get tough. And they will get tough. And you might get upset with one another. But I'm not going to allow, and I say this with a, with a lot of emotion because I've seen it. We've seen come and goes here, and it's hurt like crazy knowing that our treasures have left and have gone somewhere else without the blessing, on their own accord, their own agenda, and then we've seen the destruction. And it could only break one's heart knowing, I told you so. I wish we can just go grab them and rescue them, even if we have to just grab them and pick them up, you know, and bring them back and hold them down for just a little bit. They may not understand. They may be, hey, this is kidnapped. That's okay. I wish we can do that, but we can't. We have free will. Everybody do what they want. But and if you become a doulas, a slave, a servant, you don't do what you want. you like, I want the instruction. I want the blessing. God, please tell me, speak through my leaders and my parents so I can have what you have for me so why do we do these with these kids because we love these kids as if they were our own we care about their well-being I love what the pastor said the other day that he is willing to die 
before someone steals one of our treasures. What are our treasures? Our kids. That's our treasures here in this house. That's what family is. Our kids. We've known each other for so many years that sometimes um, we've gotten angry with one another. We've laughed together. We've cried together. We've traveled. We've been hurt. We've mourned deaths. We've rejoiced with new life. As we've, as we've seen these pigs growing together, I can't help but think or say one thing. We are family. And if we fight together, if we come together to fight for this thing called family, there's going to be the blessing. We've known each other for so many years. And even those who are new, who are coming, there's good news for you too. We want to invite you to be part of the family this morning. And we'll get to that in just a second. As we fight, we cannot, as we're in this family together, don't let these little dumb things, these highs and lows, because like even in the house of God, people have left for reasons like the AC is too cold, the music is too loud, someone corrected your kid, or you... Or because you cared enough to correct their kid, they got up. Well, you can tell me anything you want, but don't mess with my children, my babies. You correct my kid, boy, I'll, you know? And that is a curse. You're shooting yourself in the foot. You want your sons to be corrected. You want your daughters to be corrected. You know why we correct them? Think about it. What benefit do we have for correcting your children or even correcting you? It doesn't benefit us. It's for your well-being. Oh, what do you know? We don't know a lot, but we know we love Jesus, and we want the best for your children. And if our sons are called to be representatives of this nation, we're not going to turn them over to what we in this house call a witch. A woman that is not going to surrender or serve herself under the authority of the Lord and then her husband. A woman that is dedicated to her own agenda a woman who wants to conquer the world and and everything in it and then leave her husband for last like pastor was saying the other day some men have never seen anything other than a frozen dinner i don't know but what i'm saying is that before we turn our sons over to these types of women that can't happen we need to fight together and he said that our pastor said the other day that even if he has to lay down his life for these princesses, it's worth it that he will. And parents get upset. Oddly enough, as crazy as it may sound, parents get mad when we tell them, no, they shouldn't be together. They, it's not the right time. And we give them that advice. So I, I would like to ask the worship team to come forward as we come to a close this morning. And so we've had a good time seeing pictures um, the past and I want you guys to know that there are many of you in this room that we care about dearly that we didn't have a picture we put these pictures together at the last minute so if you were not in the pictures know that you're in the pictures of our heart we love you don't get offended please the very thing I was talking about we're family man forgive us so family is called to stick together we're not always going to agree we're going to get angry with one another. We're going to laugh together. We're going to cry together. But at the end of the day, we're family. We stick together. We don't bail out. We fight for our children. We fight for our family.
at the end, we are a family, and we are called to stick together. For those who are visiting here this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to become a part of this family today. That besides the good and the bad, we got each other's back. You know, I'm amazed that the Jewish community, God's chosen people, you know why they're united? The most of them, the ones who take God seriously, is because they're united. If somebody's struggling with a financial problem or there happens to be an issue or you know I was talking to a friend uh, a guy that I met once a Jewish guy and he was telling us that you know the community in New York you know it's like a whole Jewish community and if one of us have a problem like we have a locksmith we have um, a plumber and we got each other's back within our neighborhood if somebody has a problem we take care of one another If we can do that here in this house, if we can just know, do you think for one second after seeing those cute pictures of our babies, now that they're not so baby anymore, do you think for one minute we're going to let our children just be handed off to just anyone? We're going to be like Isaac, you know, wanting to find a good wife, Abraham. We're going to want the confirmation. We're going to want God's promise. We're going to want the best for our family. So if we could all stand this morning as we come to a close. We serve a God that when we mess up, he doesn't say, I don't love you anymore. Son or daughter, get out of my house. Maybe you're here this morning and you've drifted away from the family and you wait to come home. God wants you to come home this morning. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've never fully surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never made that commitment. You've never said, hey, Lord, you know what? I want to be a part of that family. I want that blood that Joy was talking about. The first step is to accept Jesus in your heart, you know. And say, God, you know, I believe that I'm a sinner. We've all fallen short. I'm the first one to tell you. I'm the biggest sinner of all, like Paul says. But by the blood of Jesus, we have forgiveness. So if that's you this morning, and you've never said that prayer, you've never dedicated your life to the Lord, and you want to do that this morning, I want you to just pray right where you're at and repeat this prayer with me. I want you to lift your hand if that's you this morning. You want to give your heart to the Lord. Amen. I see you. I see you. Amen. 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 Those of you who have raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to come forward, not to embarrass you, not to show you up. Come forward. And you know why I'm asking you to do this? Come forward. Stand up here. The reason why I'm asking you to do this is because the Bible says, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. And you're making a public dedication to the Lord this morning. Amen. How are you doing? God bless you. God bless you. Are you. Can you come and support her? Amen.
bless you. So we're going to say this prayer, and if the, if the family can, can say the prayer with the family here this morning, let's close our eyes and say this prayer together. And, the, and the, the, the folks that came up here, say this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask you for your forgiveness today for all my sins. Lord, I believe that you died for me for the forgiveness of my sins. And that you rose again on the third day. Please write my name down in the book of life. And let me be part of that family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hold on. Don't leave. What is your name? Adrian, welcome to the family. What is your name? Welcome to the family, Victor. What is your name? Frank, welcome to the family. Senora. Juana, welcome to the family. You guys can be seated. There is nothing more precious than to be part of the family. And I'm so blessed when that kind of stuff happens. Because there's a second group of people. Perhaps... You've drifted away. Perhaps you've been offended. Perhaps you've gotten angry for one reason or another. This is the second group. And because of time, we're just going to pray really quick. All together as a church. I want you guys to know that this is your family. And that we're not going anywhere. That we're here to love you. We're here to care for you. When we mess up, Jesus doesn't say, get out of here. I don't want to see your face. I don't want to have anything to do with you. He says, come, I welcome you, I forgive you, I love you. You're my child, you're my son, you're my daughter. So if that's you here today, you're saved, you're a Christian, you've been coming. Somebody forgot to say hi to you the other day and now you're upset. Now you're thinking about not coming back. I don't know what the reason may be, but understand that we're family. Yes, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to get angry, we're going to cry, we're going to laugh, we're going to this, but we're a family. And one thing I've learned is that families stick together, even when you're upset, even when you're hurt. That's what families do. So let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for this morning. We thank you for your word. I ask you for this house, for this family, for this church, Father, that you will bring us closer together, that in spite of all differences or whatever reasons may be, Father, that we can just come back to the cross that we could embrace the love of one another as we lay down our lives for one another, as we become doulas in the Lord, slaves of the Lord, that we will fight with one another for our children, that they will not, our treasures will not just be handed over to just anybody, that we will come together as a church family, Father, and continue to build beautiful memories, good and bad, Lord, different seasons, Father, that we will continue to stay together, that we will continue to grow together, Lord. Bless every home represented here today and for all those sons and daughters that are here waiting for the right man or woman of God to be joined together in the covenant of marriage, Father, that you will bring them the right man or woman that speaks the same language, that says the same prayer, that is called to do your will and not their own will. That it will be your perfect will and not theirs, Lord. 
that they will have a complete surrender like Galatians 2.20 says. It's no longer us who lives, but you that lives in us, God. We give you thanks for this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. You're dismissed. God bless you guys.